Welcome to Design Your Life with Sandy. I am your host, Sandy Yang. I am a human design expert, brain rewiring certified coach, and a high 7D energy healer. On this podcast, we talk about all things personal growth, brain rewiring, human design, energetics, mindset, and so much more. Don't forget to connect with me on Instagram at Sandy L. Yang. I hope you feel empowered by what we talked about today. Let's dive in. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I am very, very stoked about this week's episode. I have my friend Aja Rose on the podcast with me. Um, Aja is an astrologer. We first met back in very end of 2019, and we honestly never thought we would be recording a podcast together the summer of 2023. Now I think about it, we were such different human beings. Couple months ago, I saw that Audra has started sharing astrology information on her Instagram, and honestly, I was so excited. Guys, astrology is a very real science and an art that I know very, very little about. I honestly just know the very surface level basics. That being said, I generally do like consuming astrological content from a few astrologers, and Aja is certainly one of them. That's why I invited her to be on the podcast. Aja is the expert, let me tell you, and I love that she has a very unique, very real way of making astrology practical and digestible. We walk through aspects of my chart in this episode, and let me just tell you, there were several jaw-dropping moments for me. And in this episode, we also talked about Venus retrograde, which is happening currently. I feel like I like Aja because she does a really good job explaining what quote-unquote scary astrological events really mean and what value they offer, like retrogrades and eclipses. So she does a really amazing job reframing those things for us. Oh, and my favorite part, we talked about North Node versus South Node. Look, astrology is quite a bit of information. Everyone's chart is, I don't want to say complicated, but there's a lot going on. And for the most part, people know what their sun sign is, maybe their moon and rising. I would say on top of that, definitely check out your North and South Node placements. Those placements really highlight each person's big themes in healing and growth and purpose. We talked about my south node in Cancer and north node in Capricorn. That whole conversation was a whole wake-up call for me that was much needed. So I definitely recommend you checking out your north and south node placements. Okay guys, honestly, I was about to break up with astrology right before I saw Aja sharing astrology information on Instagram and I was like, wait, I need to hear what she has to say. I love that she's sharing this work because she's really good at it. She's such a powerful voice in this industry. I also chatted with her about her journey in overcoming some visibility blocks and getting to where she is now, which is very inspiring. You can find and connect with Aja on Instagram and TikTok at AjaRose13. So that is A-S-Y-A-R-O-S-E-1-3. 
You can also find her on her website, AudraRose.com. All of the links will be shared in the show notes. I'm excited for you to tune into this conversation. With that being said, that's it from me. I'll see you on the other side. Enjoy. You look great, by the way. You show oh, up so you. well on Instagram. I love your content. Oh, I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> Some of that is filtered. <laughs> look, I think but, yeah. we need to normalize that. this because like sometimes you can, you know, like putting on makeup, um, using yeah. a filter, better yeah. light, like that yeah. helps you show up. And when you're getting used yeah. to showing up, you, you know, is yeah, not I feel doing like, on those things. Yeah, I'm sure eventually I'll get to a point where um, I won't need to have a Zoom light on and I won't need to have makeup on my face and my hair blown, like not that I get it blown, like my, my own hair blown out and at home that I blow dry it and all this stuff. But um, I'm not there yet. I'm just starting to put myself out there on social media. So I'm And just, you're I'm doing a wonderful myself. job. I'm so Thank impressed you. by you. Thank you. It's a lot of work. I'm impressed by you. You've been doing this longer than me. So it's a lot of work. You know? um, your quality, uh, your content is really high quality. Like the okay. whole making it real with like just you talking, that yeah. that's a different level than doing a reel with like somebody's audio. Yeah. Well, I think that's, but that's like the biggest um, block I had that I needed to overcome. And I was like, I need to get comfortable with people um, seeing my face and hearing my voice, not just hearing my voice, but seeing first of the first step was like getting over hearing my voice and then seeing my face. And I was like, I, you know, I want clients to book sessions with me and like really uh, relate to me and like, why should, why should they listen to me for guidance about their charts and stuff? I really, um, I was like, I have to put myself out there because that's how people are going to connect with me. Yeah. Or not connect with me. And that's also okay. So, (laughs) um, yeah. Well, I feel like once you start doing it, you just ran out of the gate, like running. You just went out of the gate running. I, I, I'm sometimes, I mean, I have a lot of Scorpio in my chart. So sometimes I, sometimes Scorpio is like an extreme energy, right? Intensity. So it's like, once we make a decision about something, and we've decided we kind of hit the ground running and we're like, all right, I'd say they're 120% in or it's nothing. And yeah. so I was like, if I'm going to do this, I just got to, I got to commit. So, okay. Yeah. yeah I, I like, um, yeah, I think you're doing fantastic and Thanks. not even just like saying like, you're doing great. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't think you do that either. So I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Yeah. And yeah. I feel like um, you look somehow better I can't really well I've lost count. weight so maybe okay. that's it uh I've lost a significant amount of weight but I was really focused on I was really using that as an excuse uh of like why I wasn't putting myself out there because I wasn't really happy with the way I uh like my body was looking and also I just wasn't it's not so much about the physical appearance it was more of just like when I had extra weight on me, I just felt more lethargic. I didn't feel good about myself. Like it was so much, so much of my self-confidence was in, um, not even so much with how I looked. I just didn't, I just felt like emotionally because I was so much of my weight was like emotional weight. And it was, I felt like I was carrying, um, I was just 
feeling like I was carrying this emotional heaviness with me everywhere. And when I tried to take videos, I just like that was projecting into videos that I was doing. And I was like, I need to start like looking better, feeling better, like I need to start feeling better. And then maybe, and it was really, it all started all up here. It was all mental first. And then it started because I've been going to the gym for years and working out for years and I was struggling with weight loss. And I think once I started shifting, you know, mentally, that's when like the weight loss started coming off a lot easier. And then I started to feel more confident. And then I was like, all right, now I can put myself out there. I don't want it to seem like you have to lose weight in order to put yourself out there on social media. Everyone for me, that was a block. But I feel like the point but for me, that was a block, you know? Yeah. And it's so real and normal. And when you start like taking care of yourself to feel better, you just feel better about yourself. And like, it's like how you actually cultivate self-love and you're like, actually, I want to show up more. So I think that's also important. I am really impressed by you. um, And I honestly, if I have to recommend someone an astrologer, I'll be like, Aja, 100%. I haven't even had a reading with you, but I already know you're going to like, really uh create value for people and getting a reading with you will just like impact their lives in big ways um because you keep it real yeah I mean not everybody wants to hear (laughs) the reality of the situation but I think that um and this is a no um this is an this is you know I respect everybody in this community so much and this is in no way uh, to dismiss what anyone else is doing or how they're showing up. But I think I was getting frustrated because I would have astrology, astrology readings with other people and they would tell me things about my chart and I'd be like, okay, great. But thanks. I, 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 but I don't understand what this means or like, I don't know what to do with that information. Like, thanks. And so I think, you know, everyone, we can all kind of read what our sun sign is and what our moon sign is and kind of figure it out and like, oh yeah, that kind of sounds like me. Okay. So, you know, maybe I believe in astrology, maybe I don't, but I think what I really wanted to do and what I do with my sessions with my clients is that I really want to explain things to people in a way so that they have like actionable steps. Um, so they know, like, I want to give them astrology in a more digestible way. So they, they walk away feeling empowered with the knowledge instead of overwhelmed. Like someone just threw a bunch of information at them and they're like, great, I learned this, but I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. And one of those ways that I do that is like, I really like something that I really like doing is like, I have uh, a session where I call like an upcoming cycles and themes. And it basically talks about um, like the next six months of like what a theme or some of the themes that are going on in your life or even a year. Right. And kind of the underlying energy of your chart, what's going on, how your birth chart is speaking to the skies currently and what you can do with that knowledge. And obviously we can always manifest the life that we want and we can always seize opportunities wherever they are. But, you know, a lot of astrologers will say, okay, here's your sun sign, here's your moon sign. And this is a little bit about your personality. You can kind of get that knowledge in a lot of different places. But what I really like to do with people is tell them, okay, you kind of know the basics or maybe you don't know the basics and we can go over the basics. But once you know the basics now, what's left, right? Like how can we elevate this? How can we now take your birth chart, right? And then see what's going on currently and utilize this energy to your benefit, right? For example, I can look at someone's chart and say, hey, maybe you've had some challenges in this area of your life for the past year. And this is why this is happening. And this is what you can do about it. Or you know what, if you've been thinking about this thing, 
this is the window of opportunity right now for this six months or that year or whatever this window of opportunity. So if you're hesitant about taking that leap, this is the time to do it. Or maybe you should wait another four months or so. So I think um, I really just want to give people knowledge on kind of what's going on in the sky as well as how it's impacting their chart as well. So they kind of know what's coming up, how to move forward and in a more empowered way as opposed to a crippling anxious way right yeah totally um i think what like mercury was in retrograde over may mm-hmm. like april and may um i know someone who was closing on a house and mm-hmm. there were just like a bunch of little things that were making the process more frustrating than it had to be mm-hmm. and i didn't tell her this but in my head i'm like oh just like maybe give it like another week then will probably mm-hmm. close and that's what happened so it's not like we don't have free will but I feel like working with your astrology and the transits or whatever it just makes things smoother and that's like leaning yeah. into ease yeah and it's I also don't like the whole fear mongering right that I like to say online where it's like oh mercury's in retrograde don't do anything for three weeks like don't send an email don't send I mean it also depends on everyone's specific birth charts. Like some some charts are more impacted by Mercury making movements and other charts aren't. When Mercury retrogrades, it doesn't really impact my chart that much. But when other planets move, it does. And so uh, that's another reason why like it's so, it's so like specialized for every specific person's chart. You can't make like a general statement of like, don't necessarily do all of this for everybody. Right. And so I think what's important to know is you can still send during retrogrades, right? You can still send those emails. You can still do those things moving forward. Right. That's where the free will comes in. But just maybe double check everything. Make sure all your T's are crossed, all your I's are dotted, and that you're not missing anything in the contract that you're, or you getting an extra set of I's to look something over. So that when you finally do sign on the dotted line, like you're not then scrambling few weeks later to be like oh my god I didn't even see that in there yeah for example yeah Yeah. and going back to that example on closing on a house I'm like you know like just for the next few days take better care of yourself take a few more deep breath and it'll work out so I was like knowing like oh this too will pass um okay speaking of retrogrades is Venus in retrograde or something yeah so there's a few planets in retrograde right now and Venus just went into retrograde And when Venus goes retrograde, uh, Venus rules love, um, beauty, relationships, marriage, also our values and our value systems. And so with Venus going retrograde, anytime a planet goes retrograde, it's a time for us to review something, right? We reassess, we review, we revisit. We're just like reanalyzing a certain situation. And we're supposed to, right? If a planet is, is moving retrograde, it's supposed to have you take a second look at something or a, a second look at a, a person or a situation or a job or an experience or a family member or something, right? And so with Venus, it's more about our relationships and our values. So as Venus is going retrograde, it's looking at, okay, how, what relationships do I need to reassess in my life? What do they fit my value systems? Have my values changed? And what's really interesting about Venus retrograde is Venus retrograde technically retrogrades uh, every 18 months. So it's not like anything that insane or uncommon, right? It happens every year and a half. However, it's only in the same sign every eight years. 
So the last, so this summer, Venus is retrograding in the sign of Leo. And the last time Venus retrograded in Leo was eight years ago. So what's going to happen is we talked about reevaluating, reviewing, reassessing something. So there's going to be a theme that comes back up this summer that was maybe prevalent in your life in the summer of 2015. So I know that's really hard for people to think like from eight years ago, what was happening, but for some people, maybe something really big or impactful happened out that summer. And it doesn't mean necessarily that the same thing is going to happen this summer, because it also depends on where the other planets are in the sky and how they're all communicating with each other. And Venus and Leo retrograding in the summer of 2015 had different planets at different places in the sky then than it does now. But there is still going to be a theme or a person or a cycle or something's going to come back up this summer that was somehow affecting something in your life in the summer of 2015 as well. Mm-hmm. And that really depends on your rising sign. It's different for everybody. Wow. Do you remember what you did in summer 2015? I was thinking. And then 2007, right? Yeah, in 2007, eight. If you want to go back, it's hard enough for people to remember what they did in 2015. So... I don't always like to go back to 2007 because I'm like, I was like was high school years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, 2015, I was but just... summer of summer of 2015, right? Um, what did I do? I was finishing grad school, not okay. really feeling empowered in my career. I didn't really know uh-huh. what my values were. I guess they were developing, but I was basically just doing what. I thought was like responsible and right. Okay. So I'm going to challenge you and I'm going to ask you another question because Venus is retrograding in your 11th house and houses in astrology. There's 12 houses in everybody's birth chart. And uh, each house signifies a different subject or topic or area of your life. So there's like the house of the self, there's a house of partnerships and relationships. There's a house of health. They're all different topics. And so for you, because you're a Libra rising, this retrograde happened in your 11th house eight years ago, and it's happening again in your 11th house. And so 11th house in astrology is friendships, community, social groups. So it would be something that maybe happened in regards to like a friendship, a friendship or friendships, maybe like new social circles that you got involved in or got, you know, cut out of your life um do you remember anything like that happening in the summer 2015 regarding friendships uh yeah I was just talking about this with my therapist on Friday today Sunday um I lived in the Bay Area like San Francisco and okay. I felt extremely lonely oh okay I'm so sorry yeah um well I was like uh really young and yeah. um I guess I was just like, oh, this place doesn't feel right. And mm-hmm. the people I worked with and uh, went to school with, like the, it, you know how like after you get out of college is like a culture shock, like, oh, making yeah. a, adult friendships is like different. Um, So that was like a big theme in my life back then. Okay. Yeah. And so were there any changes or anything that you made that summer or it's just something that was coming up? Did I make any changes? Um, no, I was just struggling. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So this is going to bring up maybe that theme around friendships again on social circles and who's in your immediate community mm. and kind of 
reassess, maybe not reassessing, but something where you kind of go back and you look and you're like, um, what, what has changed in the past eight years in this area of my life, right? Like, what have I learned? Where have I grown? What needs to be reassessed? What are my values regarding friendships? Because for you, it's around friendships community. Like, am I, am I surrounding myself with people in my life that have the same values as me? Who, who am I spending my time with? Or do my friends have similar values as me? Or have my values changed? And now do I need to spend time with people that have similar like belief systems and values that I have now? So um, it'd be interesting to see what comes up for you this summer. Yeah. Um, again, going back to my therapy uh, session on Friday, um, I would say these days I see myself like if we have to categorize someone as introvert or extrovert, I'm definitely mm -hmm. more on the extroverted side because mm -hmm. these days I don't deal with people who are draining. Um, mm -hmm. Most people that I socialize with are like pretty dope. So I do feel really grateful about that. And this is probably something that's more apparent to me um, since the spring. Like, oh, I really do enjoy everyone I interact with. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So that's already been a change since summer of 2015, right? That's, that's where the growth has been. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I would definitely say I prioritize community and friendships a lot more like over the last year or so, because before mm -hmm. I just felt like, oh, like I don't really have a say in who gets to be in my field. Um, that felt more out of control for me, but now yeah. I do you see like oh I get to curate that yeah yeah cool well well I mean the retrograde just started so we'll see what what happens I mean I wouldn't be surprised sometimes retrogrades bring people back in so I wouldn't be surprised if like someone comes back in that you haven't heard from a friend or an old someone who's oh my in god social circle that comes back in from from that time in your life like if you, you know what's you may funny? get a a text or a call from someone you're like oh my god I haven't heard from this person in eight years like that's bizarre but maybe not so bizarre yeah um this manager I used to have I haven't talked or seen her since like 2018 and she texted me the other day going like Sandy do you want to go to Vegas with me next week I'm like who is this because I only had her first name I'm like which Amy is this um but I'm like mm, probably not um, okay, that's really funny you brought that up. Okay, yeah. I would love to have people like come back and kind of like have a different version of our friendship. That, that's always fun. Yeah, but sometimes it's also it, just because someone comes back doesn't mean, right? Like just because an ex comes back doesn't mean you need to get back together with them. Right? Well, so I only have one ex and he lives okay. down the street. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe not the best example, but you get what I'm saying. Like, just because somebody comes back in, sometimes retrogrades bring people back in for a good reason, right? They're like, okay, well, let's, we worked together eight years ago. Let's, let's restart an opera. Let's do a new opportunity. Let's start something here. Like, you know, let's move forward. And sometimes people come back in and the universe, like during retrogrades, the universe brings people back in to see if we've grown, if we learned our lessons. And so sometimes someone can come back in and be like, all right, well, let's, let's, let's bring up this friendship again. Right. And let's say maybe the, I'm not talking about you, but I'm just using friendship as an example for your listeners is, you know, maybe that wasn't the healthiest friendship back in 2015. And maybe, um, that friend was not very reciprocal in 
the dynamic of the friendship and maybe you were carrying most of the weight in that friendship or you know whatever the situation is and maybe if this friend tries to come back in and they say okay I've done a lot of self-reflection I've done a lot of growth like I realized I wasn't really showing up as a good friend I want to see if we can start hanging out again that's one thing but if that friend comes back in the retrograde is bringing that friend back in and they're still kind of very similar they haven't changed much in eight years then it's time for you to reassess the situation and you to look at your values and your systems and your belief systems and think, okay, well, have I grown since summer 2015 in this area of my life, right? In regards to friendships, for example, for because you, you're a Libra rising, have I grown in this area of my life? And have I, uh, do I still tolerate friendships like this? And do I still let people like this in my life who treat me this way? Like, what have I learned since then? And that's that's a very different kind of conversation that you need to have. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I would say retrogrades, especially ones in Venus, strengthens your value every time it like circles back. Values and like relationships um, and values, but like your value systems and, and relationships. Yeah, because Venus also deals with values and money. And so some for some people that's related to value, but it also is related to people we value and the relationships we value and how we want to move like, through our relationships going forward and what we value in a relationship, right? Like looking at, okay, this is the kind of friend I want. I don't want friends that used to do this. I don't want friends that used to do that. I don't want friends that showed up like this. Like I want a friend who's going to show up the same way that I show up in, in a friendship. And okay. that might also be something that comes up if a friend comes back in into your life or tries to come back into your life that you start having these thoughts and the this reflection on this area of your life, like, okay, my friendships have changed since then. And why have they changed? Because this is the standard I now have for friends in my life. And do I want to let this person back in? Or do I want to let them know, hey, I'm sorry, like, I, I appreciate this conversation, but it's just, we're just at different area places in our life right now. And sometimes we just, people can't move on with us. Mm, okay, I have a question. Uh, as we were like talking about mm -hmm. this uh, relationships, relationships and friendships, I am just thinking, oh, I was literally talking about this with my therapist and journaling on this because um, even though these days I spend my energy with people who feel right and feel good to have in my mm -hmm. circle, I struggle with depth. Mm -hmm. Like I, oh, I'm always thinking like, oh, um, am I contributing enough in this relationship dynamic or friendship dynamic? Am I cool enough? Do they get, do they walk walk away feeling good that they spend their energy with me? Does that make sense? Like mm -hmm. I can't just like relax. Are you struggling like, because you're worried that you're not giving enough depth in the relationship in the friendship, or are you worried that they're not showing up at the same level of depth that you want them to? I just think about, oh, like they, let's say I actually uh, made a new friend via uh, Bumble BFF. We met okay. on uh, Monday last week. And right. I'm just thinking, oh, she is really cool to hang out with. But she also has like, you know, a husband and other friends and, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. Am I like cool enough or significant enough or like valuable enough to take up her time and space? Mm -hmm. does that make sense yeah but you do brain rewiring so you already know the answer to that yeah but it's just something I uh overthink about these days
Yeah, but that also should show you something too, right? Like that you attracted a new friend like this in your life mm-hmm. that is to this um, level, right? Of like the kind of people you want to be hanging out with and spending time with. And that is also something different since 2015, right? Like you're like, okay, these are the kind of friends I'm now bringing into my life. Like I'm finding myself in these circles now. And this is these are more related to the values or the values that, or the circles I want to be in moving forward. And I would say that as also a good thing, you know? Yeah. Okay. So I'm personally working on like not always keeping people at like arm's length and uh yeah that depth piece okay well this is super insightful um so people should definitely check out which house the retrograde yeah is which happening. house leo rules in your chart because that's where venus can be retrograding and it's going to be different for everybody um but but yeah that you should look at where leo is in your chart and it doesn't mean not everyone has placements in leo like i don't have any planets or or anything in leo at all but the retrograde but each sign still rules a certain house in our lives. All of us have every single Zodiac sign in our chart, whether we realize that or not. And so for me, I'm a Scorpio rising. So Leo is in my 10th house. And so I don't have any planets there, but Venus is still going to be retrograding there. So it's still going to affect my life in some way, even if I don't have any personal planets there. Oh, okay. It's so fascinating that we have all the different yeah signs like elements of that in our chart like yeah yeah we're so multi-dimensional and multi-layered very layered yeah and it's like you can and it has to do with you know a lot of things it could be like oh if if this sign is in the seventh house like this is maybe not how you approach your work environment but if it's if a different sign is in your seventh house that's how you approach relationships because seventh house is relationships and partnerships so you a side of you make this side of you may come out in relationship and partnership that maybe doesn't come out in work or doesn't come out in friendships or doesn't come out uh, when you spend time with yourself. Yeah. Um, okay. So you took a look at my chart, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm curious if anything jumped out at you that. So, I mean, a, a few things jumped out, which was really exciting. I mean, you definitely have, um, a few placements in Leo. So by the way, happy Leo season and happy early birthday. Thank you. Uh, what's really interesting is that um, in astrology, we like to uh, talk about stellions and stellions are uh, when you have, there's been a little bit of debate around this, uh, whether it's three or four placements. Some astrologers say three, others say four. When you have like three or more planets or placements in your birth chart in the same sign or in the same house. And so it means like there's more concentrated energy there as opposed to like if everything was more just spread out and more balanced and equal. So you have a few of those actually. So you have three placements in Leo, you have three placements in Virgo, and you also have three placements in Capricorn. So you basically have like three small stellions in different areas of your chart, which is really interesting. And so for you, that's like your house of friendships and community it's your house of home and family and it's also in your house of um the subconscious and mental health and um like spiritual growth so it's really interesting that you are doing now what you're doing with your career because you have like concentrated energy there as well in your chart 
Nicole as fascinating. Twelve yeah. House. Yeah. Oh, I didn't. I knew there were a lot going on in the eleventh house. Yeah. And a lot going on with Virgo, but I didn't、mm -hmm. know about the. So Virgo is your twelfth house. Yeah. So twelfth house is um subconscious. It's it's also like psychic gifts and spirituality. It's um it's anything hidden. So sometimes it's not so nice hidden things. Like sometimes people say twelfth house is like hidden enemies, quote unquote enemies. But I would say it's more like maybe people you just don't get along with. Um, and it's also twelfth house is very um, it's 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 subconscious things like anything related to mental health and anything with your subconscious and things in your subconscious. So, um, yeah, I just think it's really interesting that and in Virgo it's very um Virgo is like very meticulous and detail oriented. So it's like if you're gonna focus on that area, in your like if you're gonna focus on doing inner work, you're like I'm gonna do it perfect. I'm gonna do it right. I'm gonna re like I'm gonna make a spreadsheet about it if I have to. You know, like you're gonna do it perfect and right if you're gonna do it. Oh God, this brings me back to、uh, when I first started doing it, and I would think, oh, I have to meditate every day at like do the、yeah. practice every day at like yeah, like you need to have thirty an, an actual routine with the same time every day, and you're like, I have to stick to this routine. I have to have a spreadsheet for this. I have to have a plan. It has to be perfect. And then I ended up like not doing it after two days. Well, because you put so much pressure on yourself. Yeah, no, like the Virgo thing, I totally get. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. and sometimes Virgos uh tend to judge a lot too. So there's a lot of judgment. Like they put so much pressure on themselves, and then when they don't like complete the task or they don't reach their own standards, then they judge themselves for. I mean, they then there's a lot of judgment and a lot of overthinking. Like every Virgo I know, or people have strong Virgo placements, there there's a lot of like. Reflection and overthinking, but you can almost get lost in the thoughts. Like at some point, the overthinking and self-reflection is is really great. But sometimes with some Virgo placements, we can actually get stuck there, and we can get um, that can be like crippling, right? Of just like overthinking over and over and over again to the point that you're still stuck in that hamster wheel of thoughts, and it's preventing you from actually moving forward and making progress. Oh, I totally resonate because if there's one thing that blocks me from manifesting things,、um, is what we're talking about exactly. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and that's all subconscious stuff, right? If we're talking about manifestation. Yeah, totally. Um, all things like, oh, is this like the most efficient way to do like X, Y, and Z? And if it's not, then I'm like, well, then. I may as well not do it. Um, so that's kind of sometimes a thing that gets into the way. Obviously, um, since I learned about a little bit about the basics of my Virgo placements, I'm like, oh, maybe it's fine to just like keep running with things. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what you need to be learning, right? Yeah. Um. So it's interesting. You also said about um. Not doing things until they're perfect, and I'm gonna piggyback on that a little bit too because、um, you have a North Node in Capricorn, and are you familiar with? An, well, we'll talk about it anyway for your listeners to do that. So North Node and South Node. So the North Node in our charts are basically like our、um, karma, 
like our good karma, our lessons that we're supposed to be stepping into in this lifetime and the energy we're supposed to step into this lifetime. So the it's basically like our spiritual growth and evolution that we go through throughout our life, like what we're supposed to be stepping towards. And the south node is the complete opposite of that, which is our what we've mastered. It's like our past life karma and what we've mastered in our past lives. And it's basically because we've mastered that energy, like we're like, it's the energy that you can like do with your eyes closed. You're like, I've mastered this before. I can do this with my eyes closed. I don't have to think twice about it. It comes so easily and natural to you in your nature, but it's not, it's where your talents and your gifts are, but it's not necessarily what you're supposed to continue doing in this life. So it's always the complete opposite of the North node. So everyone's North node is always the complete opposite energy of your South node. So when you reincarnated into this life, you mastered, you've ma you mastered the cancer energy, right? You're like, I am known. I'm really good at being like the nurturer. Um, I am good with like the, the cancer is the mother of the Zodiac. Okay. So it's like, you're known, you're probably known as like, you know, the mother in your group of friends, right? Like you're always looking out for everybody. Everyone's always coming to you for guidance things like that, right? That's very cancer energy. It's the mother, it's the nurturer. It wants to make sure everyone is feeling good and taken care of, right? And so the North Node in Capricorn is the complete opposite of that energy. And what's really interesting is everyone's North Node and South Node, the North, because we're so comfortable in our South Node energy, it's what we've mastered before. The whole point of stepping into your North Node is to step out of your comfort zone. So it's really challenging for a lot of people to step into their North Node energy. And that's why it doesn't actually usually happen for most of us until we reach like our 40s and on. Because the first like 30, 40 years of our lives, we're so ingrained in our habits that we don't really always step out of our comfort zone like we should. Or we take baby steps and we're like, okay, this is a lot for me because I'm so used to not doing it at all, but we really need to be stepping full force into it. So sometimes when I have sessions with clients, they're like, oh, I'm supposed to be stepping into this, my North Node energy more. And I'm only 25. And I'm like, well, this is, keep in mind, this is like a lifelong experience. Your North Node is going to take your whole life to like really, you're, it's going to take your whole life to master that North Node energy. So to think that you're going to master it at 25 years old is, is not necessarily the most realistic like you're going to naturally step into your old patterns and your own comfort zones and it doesn't mean that for you because your north node is in capricorn your south node is in cancer for you it doesn't necessarily mean that you stop doing anything cancer like it's more about like integrating the two it's more about stepping more into the north node energy but still keeping the positives of the cancer and not the negatives of the cancer sign and a lot of the like let's talk about some of the negatives of your south node and cancer Cancer is a nurturer, it's giving, right? But sometimes to a detriment, right? It gives too much. And then because it wants to make sure everyone is nurtured and taken care of, and then it gets to the point of burnout and maybe even a little bit of resentment. And then it goes into its shell and it hermits into a shell. <laughs> cancer, cancer is a crab and it has a shell, right? So then it goes inward and it gets into a shell and it's like, I need to, I need to recharge. I need to regroup. I need to do this, right? But it doesn't mean that you can't still sh show up in the more nurturing, loving, 
energy that people love you for, right? It just means don't step into extremes with that cancer energy, right? Don't wait until you're so burnt out to then start thinking of yourself first. Cancer is always giving to others and they're always forgetting about themselves. And so it's like, you don't wait until you're so burnt out until you re- literally have reached a breaking point. Yeah, this one like, hits. Yeah, what? this one. This hits? one hits so hard because, um, especially the part where you said you burn out so hard that mm-hmm. you go into your shell. The mm-hmm. shell piece was what I never really thought about because when I am unwell, I, I never share this with anybody. I do go into my shell of like hermiting and not being seen, whether mm-hmm. that's like in real life dynamics or social media is like if you see me go MIA I am not well yeah but the point is not to wait until you get there right right and there's a reason why they say on an airplane that you should put your mask on first before you help others Mm. right because if you're giving everyone else their masks first and then you're going to pass out because you don't have oxygen right yeah and so It's this, it's a similar type of energy, right? Dyna- or dynamic. I mean, I'm just using a metaphor here, but it's the same thing, right? Like if you are constantly filling everyone else's cup, which is very loving and nurturing and warm about cancer energy, right? It's all about the home and like making people feel at home and homey and warm. If you're always filling up everyone else's cups, who's filling up yours? When are you making time to fill up your own? right? Mm. Are you waiting until your cup is so depleted that you're like, oh my God, now I need to go into the shell and fill my cup back up. Or are you going to finally notice the balance of making sure that you're carefully doing a little bit of this every day so that you're not getting to a point of extreme depletion that you have to go and then retreat? Yeah. Yeah. And then when I do go on that retreat, everything kind of just like, not collapse, but definitely feels like everything is just everything else that is important for me is just on pause. And um, it doesn't feel productive at all. Okay, thank you for this. This is so uh, Yeah. the other thing I want to mention is North yeah. and Capricorn. I was gonna ask some people don't always like this placement because Capricorn is all about like, discipline. Um, it's about um, putting in the hard work towards things. It's very business oriented. It's about structure. So the thing about Northern Capricorn is also the lessons that you need to learn and step into more in this lifetime is becoming more disciplined and willing to put in the hard work and groundwork to get to your goals. Because in past lives, you maybe had things come a little bit easier or in past lives, you were more focused on the home and not so much on the, you know, on the business side of things. And with the North Node and Capricorn, it's more about sometimes with North Node and Capricorns, you don't necessarily reach your peak until later in life. And the reason why is because that's like a lesson, a lifelong energy you're supposed to step into is about your, it's basically like the epitome of um, working your way up the ranks when you get a new job. And then eventually you become like the director or the VP or the CEO, right? It's like the, I put my time in step by step by step by step to consistently 
to get to this point. The thing about Northern is Capricorn is some people get frustrated when they hear they have that placement because they're like, oh my God, I'm going to have to put in so much work to get to where I want to go. But that is your life lesson karma that you need to learn, right? That it's okay to put in the work. But what's interesting about that is most people, when they do that work, they reach peaks that are unattainable to others. Like when you finally get there, you will be known as like, Capricorn is all about, where Leo is like all about being seen, Capricorn is all about being known. Oh, Capricorn is about reputation. So when you do the hard work, even though it may take you longer to get there than you would necessarily like, by the time you get there, like people will know who you are. Like you will be an expert in your field and people will talk about you. And that is very North Node and Capricorn thing of like, oh, this person has been doing this for so long and they're so good at it. Like everyone knows that you are that person that everyone goes to, but it's about being consistent. And that's also very North Node and Capricorn is like laying in the groundwork and consistency, like every single day doing something. No, I love that because um, with what you said about North Node in Capricorn, what has really helped me build confidence in business and feeling good about myself is instead of like thinking about, oh, have I reached a goal? Think about how, how much time have I put in it? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's they're about, like different. About the, it is about the goal, right? Because Capricorn is very goal oriented. Capricorn's like, I'm not going to do this work unless I know I'm going to reach the top of the mountain. Yeah. Right. Like, and I want to see them out and I want to make sure I can get there. But when they do the work, they always get there, you know? So the point is, is that you can, you can focus on the goal, but don't only focus on the goal, right? Like you can have the goal to motivate you, but on a daily basis, focus on what am I, what steps am I taking towards this goal? It's okay. Like take that pressure off of yourself. You're not supposed to be the person that reaches your peak when you're 23 years old. And that was also super triggering for me in my 20s because you always see like, oh, this person's 25. They built an empire. I'm like, shit, I'm like 28 and I'm like not doing anything. Right. But do you want to be the person that builds an empire at 23 and then learns lessons later on because they don't know how to handle that empire? Or would you rather be the person that works their way up and gets to the empire in your 40s or 50s if you need to, and then you sustain it for the rest of your life? Yeah, that one. Um, and I always talk about like different measures of success with my clients, especially like if they also run the business, have that side yeah. hustle. It's like, okay, um, there are like maybe three measures of success. Like, oh, do you like actually take um like a uncomfortable empower action and like how much time you put in it? Like, did you show up? Like different things to help you just realize like, oh, am I on the right path and moving forward? Okay, yeah. that's very Capricorn. I love this. Yeah. So it's about, it's about appreciating the journey. Yes. Because you will get, if you put in the work with North Node and Capricorn, you will get there. You will get to the goal. It's about putting in the work and not getting discouraged when the goal doesn't come in the timeline that you want it to come in. Right. Okay. This is so powerful. And I guess like for, in terms of North Node versus South Node, it's like the year you were born, right? Because everyone I went to high school with. It's a year and a half. It's basically like an 18 month the nodes shift every 18 months. So oh. yeah, everyone who's basically born within like an 18 month window of your birth date um, or within an eight, you know, 18 months is going to have the same North. So basically like generationally, 
people in that year that were born in that year are all le- learning the same like karmic lesson essentially that is interesting um i have a question so Sure. How about someone who whose south node is in Cancer and their sun is in Cancer? Is it just like even harder for them to step out of the not Um, so great traits? Well, so it's not necessarily like it's not necessarily that you you stop you doing this energy, right? Like I said, it's not like you stop being nurturing and mothering, right? That's still especially if your son is there, for example, right? Like sun is like vitality and who we are to our core. When mm. you think about the solar system, without the sun, all the other planets would cease to exist, right. right? We wouldn't be here. So like the sun is like what gives you life in your chart. And so it's impossible to completely step away from that. The most important thing is not to stop that energy completely. It's to not bring on the um, self-sabotaging traits of those signs moving forward. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's like, take the good stuff and move forward with it and drop the bad stuff, which is really hard for us because normally the bad stuff is what we're really good at. South Node and Cancer, you're really good at, again, nurturing others and waiting until burnout to, and then you go into your shell, right? It's it's a lifelong lesson and experience that you're going to keep learning. Like, I can't keep, I can't keep getting to this point of burnout for me to start changing my habits and doing this differently. I needed to hear this so much. Um, you know what's funny? When I was little, I wouldn't tell other people that I was a Leo because I didn't want it to I didn't want to be seen as like aggressive or too bold or too much, too much in quotes. So um I actually would lie to people that I was a cancer. <laughs> I mean, you you have a lot of you know, that, I mean, that makes sense, right? Because you do have that energy pretty strong in your chart. But but now it's also science stuff and your son is in Leo. So we just talked about the sun being our vitality and what gives us life in our chart and like who we are to our core. Like that's in Leo. Don't ignore that about yourself. Yeah. You and step into that line, especially this summer. <laughs> I actually feel like I wasn't comfortable with that until like, maybe the last couple of years. Yeah. Yeah. Would you say stepping into your sun sign is something that you do more easily with maturity? Um, yes and no, because some people are just like naturally really own their sun signs and they're really good at their sun signs right um and some people kind of hide behind them it really depends on lots of other placements in your chart and I think a lot of it has to do with I'm sure that the reason why you felt that way was not because your sun sign was in Leo was because you probably read something at a very early age that was really bad about Leos and that then you know that stuck in your brain you're like oh I read something bad about myself this is how Leos are seen so I don't want to identify with that So that also could have been like part of just your childhood experience of like something you read about that sign. And then you're like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to identify with this because this is not good. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, because people in Chinese, they will say, call like a angry woman, like a female lion. So like, I guess a lioness. So I was like, oh, I don't want to be that. But there are actually so many good qualities about the Leo. Yeah, but what's wrong with being a lioness? They're the kings of the kingdom. 
They hunt. That's also very North Node and Capricorn, right? Like about reputation and getting to the top. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with wanting to get to the top. Yeah. Okay. This is so insightful and like nothing I didn't technically know before, but just like coming from you, it feels very validating and empowering and encouraging. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. Yeah. You're, you're amazing. Um, (laughs) I'm curious about like the lunar node shifts. So the collective one. Yeah. So we just talked about, uh, the nodes, right. And how they shift, uh, every 18 months. So every year and a half, the nodes shift. And we talked about how it's more like the North node is always more about like stepping into that kind of energy, like stepping more into that energy and leaving the South node energy behind more. And the nodes just shifted on July 17th. They shifted from uh, Taurus North node and Scorpio South node to um, Aries North node and Libra South node. And Actually, it's going to impact your chart pretty. I'm going to tell you how it's going to impact Me. your chart. Okay. Yes. But I'm going to say in in a collective uh, experience. So Taurus and Scorpio were very much about like uh, signs that are very much about like security, trust, um, values, things we value. Um, we're, you know, just like secure, like what we need to feel secure. So that a lot of that has been like the lessons that we've been having the last year and a half. And again, this has been, hitting everyone's charts differently, right? And so more of like what we need to feel secure in our lives. And then now we're moving into like the Aries and Libra axis, which is more about me versus we, right? I versus us. So when the North node is in Aries and the South node is in Libra, and this this is um, a cycle that happens once every 18 and a half years. Now in nine years from now, they will be back in Aries and Libra, but they will shift where the North node will be in Libra and the South node will be in Aries. So they'll be in the same signs, but the purpose of those signs will shift, but the North node will not again be in Aries where it is now for another 18 and a half years. So it's almost like we have like a 18 and a half year cycle halfway through, we have like another version of that cycle, but it's like the signs switch. So it's a little bit different of a lesson. And then, but the actual completion of that cycle is actually 18 and a half years. So Aries and Libra. So Aries is very much about I, right? It's, it's fiery energy. It's like puts itself first. Aries is very, um, like Aries does not wait for things. It opens the door and it's like, I will be the leader. I will be the first one through. I don't care if anyone else has been here yet. I'm opening the door. I'm the trailblazer, right? And so Libra is very much about uh, balance and justice and um, being social and, you know, things, things about balance in the relationship. So a South node in Libra is basic, the more of the energy that we need to be stepping away from is South node in Libra is a lot of that energy is like being in other people's shadows or being in the shadow of the relationship versus Aries, which is like, everyone knows an Aries, right? When they walk in, like you can kind of see an Aries similar to Leo, right? So it's like, it's about not being in the shadow of another in a relationship or a partnership, not being in the shadow of others in general. It's like, are, what are you sacrificing for the relationship? Where are you putting yourself? Libra is also similar as um, self-sacrificial in the sense that it will do it for the peace of the relationship or the peace of the situation. Like it will say, 
hey, you know what? Like, is this better for everybody? Is this better for, for the relationship? Like, it's okay if this doesn't happen. I don't want to put myself first because like this will make our relationship better. Right. It's all about like what's better for the relationship as opposed to what's better for me. And Aries is like, well, I don't care if you're staying back here. I'm going to open the door. Not in like a bad way. Every sign has positive traits and toxic traits. Right. So we don't want to necessarily step into the like the toxic side of Aries where we like grow these massive egos either. But it's more about like putting ourselves first and realizing what do I need and what do I need in partnership? right? What do I need to be happy? And how does that now relate to partnership? Where am I sacrificing in partnership? Where am I in the shadow of my partner? Where am I not being supported the way I need to be in my partnership? And that is very much like the we versus me dynamic that we're all stepping into where like, we've just realized what we need for security for the past year and a half. And now we're like, okay, now that I know, like, on a material plane, what I need for security, like, now what do I need? What is Aries? Is I am. It's me. It's the self. So what do I need? And so for you, you're a Libra rising. So it's really interesting because. So the other thing that happens, I'm jumping around. Sorry about this. No. The other fine. thing that happens when the nodes shift is the eclipse cycles tend to change. Now we have eclipses twice a year. Every six months we have eclipses and they come in sets of two. And what happens is, um, the eclipses, most of the eclipses that we've been having since like November, 2021 have been in Taurus and Scorpio because the nodes were in Taurus and Scorpio. And so now with the nodes shifting to Aries and Libra, the majority of the eclipses for the next year and a half are going to be in Aries and Libra now. So where you've had eclipses in certain areas of your chart, you're, they're going to move to other houses. Remember we talked about houses. They're going to move to other houses in your chart. And what eclipses are essentially is we have um, full moons and new moons every month. I'm sure your listeners are familiar with this, but for the people who aren't, we have full moons and new moons every month. That's nothing new. It's a cycle that happens every 28 days. However, eclipses happen every six months, like I said, and they come in sets of twos. And eclipses are essentially like full moons and new moons on steroids. Exactly. That's how I describe them. They suck. It's just very they intense. Don't, oh, hold on. They don't always suck. Okay, let's let's reprogram this. Let's brain rewire this. Okay. They don't always suck. The thing that you need to understand about eclipses is because they're related to the nodes and the nodes are very related to destiny and karma. The nodes are also very destined things and faded things, right? So because the nodes are related to that, sometimes with eclipses, they can be destabilizing for some people because things fall off in our lives that are not meant to continue on with us. So eclipses are endings and beginnings. So a lot of times, for a door to open, another one needs to close. And sometimes for some people, they're destabilizing and they're they're a little chaotic because you're supposed to actually be closing a door in this area of your life. So a new one opens and most people aren't doing that or they're not paying attention or they don't want to take the risk. And then an eclipse comes in and can kind of do the work for you essentially. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, suddenly I lost this job. Oh my God, suddenly I'm in this breakup. Suddenly this happened. But because eclipses are very destined and karmic things, maybe what you're supposed to be learning through that eclipse cycle is that this person, this relationship is actually not right for you. And you're supposed to not continue on your journey with this person because you're supposed to meet somebody else. And if you are not letting go of this relationship, an eclipse can now 
cause a breakup so that that door opens for you to actually meet the right person. I'm just giving that as an example. No, I love this. And it's not like that person wasn't right the whole time. It's just like maybe sometimes you grow apart and this it has now expired. With eclipses too, like they're a lesson, right? I feel like everyone that comes into our life is also a mirror and they're there for a purpose for that period of time for a reason. So that person doesn't mean that person's not supposed to have been in your life at all. It just means maybe they're not meant to continue on in your life moving forward. It was served a purpose for the time it was there. And then now you're on to a different area of your life, a different, you're growing and you're expanding and you, you need a different type of partnership. I I know I'm like talking about relationship right now, but the reason why I mentioned that is because you're going to get hit the two houses that you're going to particularly Sandy get hidden in your life uh, with this new eclipse cycle that we're having is because you're Libra rising. It's going to be your first house, which is the house of the self and self image and body and appearance and how you identify and how you feel about yourself, everything about me, right? The self also up here with the self in your brain, how you think about yourself and how you look sometimes with eclipses in the first house, people can also change their appearance. So you're going to start having eclipses in your first and also in your seventh house and seventh house is partnerships and relationships. Sometimes it's romantic partnership and relationships. And other times it could be like a new business partner. It doesn't mean coworker. It means like an actual business partner. It's partnerships and relationships that are like really close to you. Mm. So you're going to start getting hit in this area of your chart for the next year and a half. So it means that you can have endings, but also beginnings in these areas of your life. And you already got hit in your seventh house of partnerships already. We already had an eclipse in Aries and that happened on April 19th or April 20th, depending on what time zone you're in, but we're in California. So it was April 19th for us. So do you feel like anything happened around the end of April? Or do you want to talk about this? I guess I can talk about anything. (laughs) (laughs) Um, My ex had started seeing someone uh, around that time. It was, it it, it didn't continue, but that was like when it started, it was pretty serious. Um, And I look at that girl and I'm like, what does she have that I do not? So it was like a lot of like comparison um, since then is been when I think about partnership is actually like romantic one-on-one partnership is actually a very confusing area of my life. Well, it might be confusing for the next year and a half because you're going to have eclipses there, but that's where you're going to have growth. So the North node is in your seventh house right now. Mm-hmm. And so we're talking about North node being like, your spiritual evolution, your growth, right? I mean, your natal North Node is not there. It's in Capricorn. But with the North Node there, it's going to be you and it's an Aries. So it's going to be about like you stepping into your power in relationship. Mm. Right? So Aries is all about stepping into our own power, putting ourselves first. And so that's going to be, these are going to be lessons that you're going to be learning. It's going to be stepping into your power in relationships. Like, how do I show up in a relationship? And then it's going to go back into your first house. You're going to have an eclipse in your first house. And that eclipse is going to be um, on October 14th ah. of this year. So what's going to happen and what's important to know is that sometimes I just had these. I literally just went through this cycle of eclipses in my first and my seventh for years. 
Okay. Well, I don't want to like say anything because I ended up meeting somebody in one eclipse and then we ended up breaking up the next eclipse. That doesn't mean that that's what's going to happen to everybody. Right. It meant that that was a lot of, also, I just went through my nodal return. So my North node was there. So it was a lot of karmic and destined lessons that I went through. So it hit my chart differently. Not everyone who has an eclipse in their seventh house is going to go through a new relationship and a breakup. That just doesn't happen. That would mean like every few years that happens. That, that's not what happens. It just means that for me, because of my placements in my birth chart, that's how it manifests for me. But mm. what happens with eclipses in your first and seventh, a lot of times is that you go through sometimes like extremes, focus and energy in those two areas of your life. And then at the end of that eclipse cycle, you reach a balance. And mm. so what happens is it's almost like a seesaw effect right? Like if you're like on a seesaw in a playground, like you'll have an eclipse in your seventh and suddenly you're like really focused on relationship and partnership and what you want in your partnership and like what you're looking for. And suddenly you're back on dating apps and you're like, now I want to date again. Maybe you even meet somebody, right? And then you become very relationship focused. And then you have an eclipse in your first house and it switches back to the house of the self. And now you're like, okay, hold on. I went all in on this relationship. I've forgotten about myself. I need to like, put the focus back on me. What do I need to do? I've forgotten my like meditation routines. I need to start doing this again. And then you become more self-focused and then you have another eclipse back in your seventh and you become more relationship focused and then you become, and then another eclipse back in your first, and then you become more self-focused again. And so it's almost like a ping pong effect every few months, every six months or so until eventually at the end of this eclipse cycle, you reach a balance between the two where it's just sustained energy where you're like, okay, what do I need for me to be happy in partnership, right? How can I still show up in partnership, but not lose myself? How can I still show up in partnership and still put myself first, but also still show up for somebody else? It doesn't have to be one extreme or the other extreme. Where's the balance between the two? Right. Oh, okay. So relationship, partnership, romantic relationship, lessons and growth for me over yeah. the next 18 months yes but also it's going to go back to your personal house of self too so it's not just relationship partnerships growth it's also growth inner growth for you and like yourself and um how you want uh, the first house is also like self-image self-worth so you may look at yourself and be like you know what i kind of want to change my hair or i want to you know change my body and start working out or not that you need to, you know what I mean? I'm just saying like you, it could be like, I want to show up. It's it's about the, the first house is also like where our rising sign is. So it's how we are perceived in the world. So sometimes when you have eclipses there, we look at ourselves and we're like, how do I want people to see me? How do I want to come off to others? How do I want, what is my first impression that I want to give off? And that's where sometimes the growth is in ourselves as well. So you're going to have both. You're going to be ping ponging back and forth between like the self versus the partner yeah and, that Fascinating. Could be, and it could be remember I said eclipses are like beginnings and endings so it could be doors that open and also doors that close and sometimes they're extreme right if we have a lot of placements there and sometimes they're subtle we don't think anything of it right like it could be something like your ex-partner starting a new relationship and now you're starting evaluating relationship and what it means and what you want for a relationship but that event in his life now triggered you to start thinking about that for yourself that could be examples. Sometimes an eclipse can even be an eclipse energy could be like a meeting with somebody who, or a lunch meeting with somebody or like a date or something who then plants a seed 
And you're like, huh, I never thought that before. And now all of a sudden, throughout the next year and a half, you start focusing on this one thing. And as the eclipses progress in your chart, you're like, wow, now these doors are opening up in this. Like, let's say you go to lunch with somebody and they're like, you should write a book about this. And you have an eclipse going on in a certain, in like your career house, right? And you're like, I never thought about writing a book before, but now maybe I'll do it. And then as the eclipses progress, you start writing this book and like doors start opening for you to start doing that. And you're like, this is wild. Like a year and a half ago, I wouldn't even thought of doing this. And now I have doors opening for me here. Yeah. It could even be something subtle where like you have a conversation with somebody or a minor experience that sparks something for you to start making changes in that area of your life. Okay, I love how you elaborated on that because it really can be so subtle and it's not Mm -hmm. like we have to overthink what's happening in the stars or the planets because I had an astrology reading. Um, This is like 2020 and the astrologer told me, I think there was an eclipse or some crazy full moon or whatever that I was going to um, learn something new, like a new skill, not necessarily super technical, um, but I'll be like kind of on like a like a path of like learning new things. And I was like, huh, okay, what am I going to fucking learn? I really didn't know. And I wasn't thinking about it. But now I look back, that was when I started learning more about human design yeah, and yeah. like, got more into like energy healing that kind of stuff um so it makes sense looking back yeah well and you know sometimes we don't see the full manifestation of it right like just because i tell you an eclipse is happening on october 14th doesn't mean that's the day that something is going to happen right like we sometimes feel eclipse energy like a few weeks before and a few weeks after that's why they call it eclipse season and not just eclipse day yeah like it's like a, a season and sometimes we don't see the full effect of the manifestation of it until later, especially towards the end of the seasons of eclipses. Like the last set of eclipses in that sign before the nodes shift again are usually the most powerful and impactful. So it's almost like the beginning of the new eclipse cycle. It's almost like fireworks show where it starts off with like the 4th of July, where it starts off like a little bit of fireworks and all of a sudden it just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And at the end, it's like the grand finale. So that's like kind of like the next year and a half where the eclipses are not necessarily like these huge in, insane things unless you there's something that you are supposed to be closing a door to that you are dragging your feet on you're getting intuitive insights to do it and you're still not doing it and sometimes eclipse can be destabilizing for some people and it also it also matters if you have like a lot of placements in um libra or aries too like if an eclipse is going to hit a whole bunch of your planets that you're going to feel that it, eclipse way more intensely than somebody that doesn't have Aries in their chart maybe for them an eclipse will be more subtle and so again they can be more subtle things they don't necessarily have to always be these big grandiose things but I'm letting you know that if that big grandiose thing happens in your life it's not to freak out don't panic this is all very like with eclipse cycles it's all very like uh, destined karmic and if things are falling off in your life it means that you have outgrown them and you maybe don't want to admit that you've outgrown them and your soul's evolution needs to continue on and this person or thing or experience or job or situation or home meant something at that time and served its purpose when it was supposed to serve its purpose but now you need to evolve into something bigger and greater and like this eclipses cause growing pains right like we're being pushed to evolve and grow and sometimes we don't always want to do that oh yeah totally um 
I do find during eclipse season, um, it's a little bit more tiring, like exhausting. Yeah. 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 I mean, the most important thing is to rest. Yes. And like let things play out the way they need to play out because sometimes eclipses don't always work out or manifest the way that we intend them to. You know, the energy can be a little chaotic. I always tell people, this is the time to rest, you know? Yeah, yeah. Trust that whatever's supposed to fall off is falling off for a reason, for a purpose. And a lot of times, like, you don't know why it's happening, but it needed to happen. And it's always hindsight of 2020. After the fact, you can look back and be like, oh, now I get it, right? But in the moment, you're like, oh my God, my life is falling apart. What is going on? Mm. It's so much worse when you're exhausted. So I do like the recommend- recommendation on resting. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, this is super insightful and powerful. I just love the way you explain all of it. Um, oh, so, okay, let's talk about you. Can you share with us like your journey in starting offering astrology as a service, stepping into the role of an astrologer? Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> this part I'm the most uncomfortable with. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, yeah. I So I had my first astrology reading like eight years ago. I don't know, however, however many years ago, nine years ago at this point. And I... Uh, I'm just a natural skeptic in general. And I went in there and I was like, I'm determined to prove this person wrong. Like they're not going to know shit about me. And so I walked in there and I was like, and I was just like very, you know, stone faced. And I was like, okay, we'll see if there's anything to this. And I think that it was really, uh, I was surprised at how much I felt understood and seen in the session that I had. And I was like, Hmm. Maybe there's something to this, but I still don't quite believe it. And so then I started, uh, I just, I'm, I have a lot of Scorpio on my chart. So we're pretty intense people. When we go, when we decide something, we go all in and I'm like, all right, this is not, you know, at the time I never thought that I would be like doing this for people. It was more of just, okay, let me read more about this because I'm just interested. And so I started like really digging um, into and just researching as much as I possibly could about it. I was reading like all the books, so many books. And then the more I read is like originally when I was reading the books, it was about proving astrology wrong. And the more I read, the more I realized there was, the more I was being proved wrong, essentially, the more I realized there was merit to to a lot of the stuff and I was like oh wow and it's like the more I dug I was like oh my god there's still so much I don't know it's like the more I learned the more I realized I don't know the, the more I learned I, re- I realized how much I actually don't know right and so because it was so layered and I loved how layered it was it wasn't like so black and white of like one plus one equals two right you can you can look at someone's chart and you can read all the books and take all the courses you want but the way things manifest is differently for everybody. And everyone's chart is so layered. The same person born on the same day as you in a different time zone in a different um, area of the world is at a different time can have a completely different chart than you. And it's just so fascinating to me how certain things manifest differently in different people's lives and how their personalities um, change as well. And so I loved that it was not so black and white because I was so used to reading like, oh, this is your sun sign and this is what you are. And I was like, oh, there's so, it was just so layered. And I love anything that's layered. Like the more I can dig into something, the more excited I get about it. And I just got excited because it was 
Uh, and then I started taking courses over the past several years. And originally it was also just for fun. Originally the courses that I, when I started getting into courses, it wasn't even to do this for other people. It was more like, to, it was more about self-discovery. I wanted to learn as much as I could about my own chart so I could understand myself better. And so when I, I totally courses, feel you on this. Yeah. Yeah. So when I was taking courses, it was more like, how much more can I learn so I can understand my chart and stuff? And so um it's and then I realized like it's not just your sun sign right it's your mercury sign which is how we think and how we communicate it's your venus sign which is how you love and how you perceive love there's like so many layers and and it's also like which house it's in and how those planets communicate with each other and like there's just and where your progressed moon is there's just it's just keeps going and going and going and it's like the more sessions I do with people the more I realize like there's always something to learn and um so that that part of like never ending learning really appealed to me a lot. And so that was exciting to me. And then I started just like briefly talking about it with friends. I mean, when did I see you two years ago? I was just like, oh, let me look up your chart real quick, Sandy. And it started becoming one of those things where like I would get together with friends or go to gatherings and someone's like, oh, can you check my chart real quick? And can you just do this real quick? And I just happened to like look people's charts up for fun. And I would tell them stuff about themselves. And, and then like those five minute things ended up being like 20 minute readings and then like an hour reading and then like a two hour thing. And I was just like, wow. And I kept getting the same feedback from everybody. And everyone just kept saying like, you know, I had a reading with so-and-so and I had a reading with so-and-so and like, no one's ever told me that part of my chart and no one's ever said this. And like, it's, and I realized so much of astrology is about perspective. And mm-hmm. I, I realized I was having sessions with some people and they were just throwing so much information at me. I didn't know what to do with all that information. And I left like more disempowered than empowered. And I was like, okay. And most of my friends just kept pushing me. They're like, you really need to start doing this for people because I didn't understand my chart fully until you read my chart for me. And I think I was ignoring it for a long time because I'm like, "Uh, no, I just do it for fun. I just do it for fun. It's not a big deal. And they're like, no, you really need to do this for people because I'm finally understanding things about my chart and myself that I didn't before. And, and it was more, I started to realize my unique value of like the way I explain things. And that is where the value is and like how I read charts for people, as opposed to just like throwing knowledge at them. I really take my time to explain like, what does this mean? Yeah, this is where, and what does the cycle mean? Like you're about to enter the cycle in your life for the next year or two years. Like, okay, the eclipses are going to hit your, your, your life like what does that mean right like what do you do with this information so much of astrology is like okay my sun is here my moon is here whatever okay great but now what do you do with that information so I just try wanted to like really empower people with not just knowledge but like I wanted to make the information more digestible for people who don't know astrology and who don't understand astrology so that they can actually leave with a little bit more understanding about it so they feel empowered to make better decisions that story is beautiful. Um, I do remember when we would get together and you would tell me it may be like a little, uh, like, you know, a few sentences about yeah. what's going on with my chart. And I'll be like, all right, I don't really know. But like, when you are doing a session with someone, you come in very intentional, they come yeah. in very intentional, and it's yeah. actually very productive. I also remember um, booking my first ever astrology reading. I was like, I don't really know if this thing is real. I more so just wanted to talk to the astrologer because I had been listening to her on podcasts and like following her on social media. I'm like, I want to talk to you. I don't really necessarily care about my chart, but um, I think... 
yeah, is all about you as a person and as a guide. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think astrology is like one of those things. Some people are just like really cynical. But um, for me, I like it because it put language to what I have low-key always known, but didn't know if it was real. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think yeah. you're amazing. I'm so happy you're Thank doing this. You. Thank yeah. you. Um, okay. So unrelated question. Uh, what is something you, Aja, are very excited about right now? Something you're obsessed with? This can be a book, a drink, a product. Oh, boy, Jesus. Um, Multiple. Wow, you really caught me off guard there. Um, what am I obsessed with right now? I feel like I've been really business focused right now so so I'm like what am I obsessed with I mean I am really fitness and health focused right now in my life um I'm really into I'm reading a lot of like I'm listening to a lot of like optimization podcasts like um Andrew Huberman like the oh, I love podcast. him so much and I'm really into like how can I optimize my time Right. And how can I optimize like the how can I optimize the effort that I'm making into things? Right. So if like I am I am working out for an hour a day or, you know, four days a week or whatever it is, like, how can I optimize that workout? Like what workouts do I need to do in that time or what do I need to eat beforehand or or afterwards or what do I need to do in the days in between to make sure I'm making the most of this? It's the same thing. Like, how do I optimize my sleep? Like, how do I what time do I need to go to bed? What time do I need to turn my phone off? When do I need to stop looking at my phone? When should like, we really... stop looking at our phones? I don't have the answer to that yet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think it's like, actually, I don't know. But I think it's at least an hour before bedtime or something. I yeah. think it's a minimum, if not more. I think it's, I mean, I think the, I don't think the blue light helps us fall asleep at all. It certainly doesn't help me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think that it's more about just, I'm just starting to like dip my feet into all of that, like listening to all those um, podcasts and reading those books about like optimization of like, if you're going to make the effort, like how do you make the most of the effort? And that is something that I've also learned because I'm, I'm so used to struggling with things and I'm just like, okay, how do I optimize things? So things just flow easier, right. In my life. So things are just, there's just more ease and, um, not that I have to make any less effort, but that the effort I'm making is making a much bigger impact, making much bigger ripple in the water than it yeah. did before. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so you like Huberman Lab. What's a book yeah. that you like for optimization? Um, I'm gonna have to look at my Amazon. <laughs> do you see I that forgot. thing where you like look at the sun for five minutes every morning? I just listened to that episode. Literally, I just listened to it. So I um so I haven't done it yet, essentially. Oh, what is the book? Oh, I've just I just got this book that I haven't started reading yet, but I'm really excited about it. It's called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, I've heard of this. It's yeah, been it's, around. It's I been think. around. So it's been around, but like I just feel like even though books have been around, I we find them when we're supposed to find them, right? Totally, so, yes. It's been in my Amazon cart for a while, but I had just ordered it recently and I haven't started reading it yet. So I am excited to read it. I just, I'm really into like 
um, just discovering more of like how our experiences ha like shape us and how they stay with us and or maybe how they shouldn't stay with us and things like that so um, mm. especially related to like trauma and stuff so I just yeah. been really um, fascinated with with that and how things like live in our body and our system and essentially like it can change our behavior and then how we show up every day yeah so. yeah for sure um okay where can people find you and how can they connect with you my website is asharose.com my instagram handle is asharose13 uh and my tiktok is the same handle asharose13 so um it's spelled a-s-y-a uh, and yeah, that's where you can find me. All my services are listed on my website. You can book a session there. And yeah. Briefly, walk us through how a session session with you works. Well, it really depends on like what. Uh, so there's a notes section that uh, you, you fill out like your birth chart information and stuff uh, in advance. And then there's a note section uh, I, and honestly, the most important thing, if you're able to get it for people, is their time of birth, because everyone knows like the date of birth and where they were born. The time is pretty, pretty important. If you want the most accurate astrology reading, the time is really important. Uh, if you're okay with getting as much information as you can, like I can only give you limited information if I have limited information, right? So yeah. the the more ac the more accurate information you can give me, the more I can do with that. So uh, time of birth is really important because even like 20 minutes can change a chart significantly, right? It can, mm -hmm. it can change your rising sign. It can change your moon. It can change a lot of other placements and it can, it could shift your chart completely differently where I can't really guide you in certain areas of your life. Um, however, that being said, uh, there's a note section in my website when you do fill out all your information and you can put in like what you're booking the reading for, what kind of guidance you're looking for, uh, whether something's happened in your life. And like, this is why you booked this, whatever the reason is. So sometimes people write in their notes section, like what has happened recently. And this is why they booked a section. And sometimes they don't say anything. And I just kind of go intuitively. Like when I look at someone's chart, I, I look at, okay, what's, what stands out to me? Like, what do I definitely need to tell this person? It's something that stands out to me. And most of the time, even if they've had other readings before, they're like, wow, I didn't even know that about my chart. And I, or I didn't, I knew that, but it was never explained to me that way. And I always find that, um, obviously I always look at like sun, moon rising and where all the planets are placed and that they have stelliums and all this other stuff, but, and, and cycles that they're going through in their life. But more specifically, since we only have an hour, it's impossible to cover everything in your chart. Um, and that's why sometimes clients book multiple sessions, but it really, it depends on like intuitively, if I see something that stands out to me and I'm like, I need to tell this person this because this immediately stands out in, my, in their chart for me and they need to know this. And I will say like 99.99999% of the time when I bring that thing up, they're like, oh my God, I've been feeling this way or I needed to hear this. It's like, whatever reason, whatever I see is usually like what they need guidance on or what they need to hear in that moment that we've had the session. And I think that's really helpful for people uh, to know as well is because, you know, I can look at someone's chart and then a year from now, look at their chart again and see something different and be like, oh, wow, I didn't notice that before. And then, oh, wow, I didn't notice that now. Like I need to mention this now because we're always learning. We're always expanding. We always, it's like when you watch a movie 
and you like watch the movie and you've really been paying attention and then you watch the movie the second time you're like huh I never noticed that joke in that movie before but I know I've seen this movie before and then you watch the movie the third time and you're like huh I didn't notice that in the background before but I know it's always been there I feel like a lot of things when we read people's charts when we see things that that person is supposed to hear or see at that time that they need answers to or guidance to and that's kind of like how I do my sessions as well completely I resonate with this so much there's definitely definitely like a weird divine piece going on timing piece yeah. because when I was first doing human design readings I'm like this person is so self-aware what do they need to know from yeah. this chart yeah. and then you know they are really grateful that we touch on certain things and that like planted yeah. a seed but sometimes you're self-aware but you still need like even the most self-aware person and the most confident person sometimes needs like reassurance or confirmation that like hey I just took this huge leap of faith in my career and quit my job like am I am I making am I did I take a risk or like hey I just broke up with this person like I don't know why like sometimes even the most confident and self-aware people need guidance right like even the best most successful people in the world have coaches and people that guide them so there's nothing wrong with you know if you feel like you know everything like I've had I've had clients book with me that have never had an astrology reading before and then I've had clients book with me who've had tons of astrology readings and they're like I already know this I already know this I already know this I'm like okay well let me tell you what I see in your chart because hopefully I can tell you something that you didn't know and then they're like wow no one's ever told me that before you know oh my god talking about this just like reminded me how this is like summer of 2020 I did a practice reading for you because I I was just like, oh, I want to like practice. Yeah. 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 And I was like, well, I'm going to tell Audra. She knows a lot about this. And um, I think you did like the reading. I hope you did. Yeah, of course I did. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember telling you about, um, you know, the incarnation cross. Yeah. And you have like, what was it? Like the 2343? It was, okay. I don't know human design as well as you. So I don't know the number, but it was, uh, it was like right angle cross of explanation. Yes, yes. And but it was like the fourth one because there's there's different ones of them, right, or something. It was like the fourth one, and it was it was um it was like that I meant to explain things over and over again, and people oh, will resonate with yeah, your way that, like, of I, talking I, about. Oh, I know what it was. I know what it was. It said, "I need to look this up," but it said, um that like what uh that your incarnation cross is to explain things and to learn to explain things because you know things and you don't know how you know them and so your in- your instinct is to say i know because i just know and so like i just it's, it's so funny because that was happening a lot in my life where i would like say something to somebody and they'd be like how do you know that i'm like i don't know i just know and then, like six months later someone be like how did you know that because that actually happened i'm like i don't know i just know and I'm like, I can't keep telling people, I don't know, I just know. So I realized that like my incarnation, from you telling me that my incarnation cross was like to learn to actually explain myself <laughs> because people need to hear the explanations of things <laughs> as opposed to me being like, I don't know, I just know. And also I wouldn't trust myself because I'd be like, I don't know how I know this because I can't find an explanation for it. So it, it must not be real or must there must not be merit to it because I don't know where where this came from well this but is yeah very you did teach me that you taught me that yeah yeah 
And like what you share with me today about my chart, I'm like, oh my God, I fucking needed to hear the North Node, South Node thing yeah. about the Capricorn and the Cancer. Okay, this is so wonderful. Um, Thank you so much for coming on. I highly, highly want to like book a session with you for my birthday. Um, it is going to be your birthday soon, yes. Leo season, I just did a whole post about Leo's. Okay, everyone, seriously, like, go follow Aja on her Instagram. Like, this is actually, like, really helpful, uh, you know, content that she is creating. Um, And book a session if you want to talk more about your chart and what's coming up for you over the next few months. Um, Highly recommend. And thank you so much again. Thanks for having me. All right, and there you have it. I love this conversation with Aja. I personally listened to it three times, um, editing, um, just like listening over again because this one impacted me a lot personally, especially with the South Knowing Cancer stuff. That piece really inspired me to challenge myself to prioritize my own well-being, mental health, physical health, um, all the way until my birthday on August 18th so I can feel my best and look my best. One big thing I have been doing well on is creating more space, just like having more space for rest, for relaxation, for creativity and play. Um, So, you know, I don't have to go back to that cancer shell. If you found this conversation to be helpful, insightful, and or inspiring, let us know, share the love, even better, share that you listen to this episode on your Instagram stories, tag me, tag Aja. Again, she is on Instagram and TikTok at AjaRose13. Again, that is A-S-Y-A-R-O-S-E-1-3. You can find her on her website, AjaRose.com. Book a reading, connect with her, learn from her. And that is it for this week's episode. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. Appreciate you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you next time.